0: Good morning. morning. This past year, Zion Lutheran School's slogan was faith over fear. A very poignant slogan, I'd say, going through 2020 and into 2021, but I don't think that slogan only applied to the 2021 school year. As was read a bit ago, the Israelites were consumed by fear and a lack of faith in Yahweh and Moses. The people were frozen in their tracks by fear of the pursuing Egyptians. But thankfully, by God's grace and a little sprinkling of water, that's not where the story ended. So let us wade into the passage a little deeper so that we may see, as they did, the salvation of the Lord. But before we do that, let us pray. Gracious, merciful, heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day and for the opportunity to gather together here as your people at Trinity. Father, we pray as we make our way through your word that you would form us more and more into the image of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we may be, that we may be strengthened by him and in him. We give you thanks for all that you have accomplished for us through him. It's in Jesus' name and by the Spirit we pray. Amen. (coughs) Our passage begins with the Israelites being hemmed in between the Red Sea and the pursuing Egyptians. As a reminder, the Israelites had been slaves of the Egyptians for many, many years. But after several plagues, Pharaoh decided to let the Israelites go free with Moses. They had finally gotten their freedom. But shortly after Pharaoh made that decree, he changed his mind and began pursuing the Israelites with his army. So now the Israelites are stuck, with the Red Sea before them and the Egyptians closing in behind. What were they to do? Moses tells us in verse 10 that Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were making after them, and they feared greatly. Whether or not that was the right response, that's the action they initially took. They feared greatly. After all they had seen and experienced before leaving Egypt, all the works they had seen God provide, they were still afraid. What was it they feared? Death? Slavery? The Egyptians themselves? Pharaoh's wrath? It apparently wasn't fear of going back to Egypt, for in their fear they questioned their position and God's providence. They cried out, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. In their fear, they would prefer slavery over freedom, comfort over liberty, safety over prosperity. They would prefer servitude to the Egyptians over freedom with Yahweh. Now, Can we really blame them for their reaction? I mean, if you saw a large army of chariots coming after you, wouldn't you be afraid too? But would you question God's goodness, God's plan in the midst of your fear? Or would you rely upon him to see you through, as Moses said Yahweh would do? Moses encourages the Israelites with, the Lord will fight for you. Moses reminds the people that Yahweh is on their side. He has their back now, just as he did in Egypt. They will see the salvation of the Lord, if only they would trust in him and the one whom he sent. The first glimpse of God's salvation is seen when the angel of the Lord moves from leading them to bringing up the rear. The angel of the Lord is manifested as a cloud and a pillar. The cloud that led them out of Egypt moved to the rear to protect them from the pursuing Egyptians. Despite their accusations and desire to turn back, God showed them grace by meeting their needs and providing a form of protection against the enemy. But as we know, that was not the only thing God did for them for there was still no way for them to escape the Egyptians by moving forward, unless they could find a way across the Red Sea. Therefore, Moses followed the instructions of Yahweh by stretching out his hand over the sea. By this action, the Lord drove the sea back. I don't know about you, but I can't help picturing in my mind Cecil DeMille's rendition of this scene in his movie, The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston holding up his staff as the waters part on either side of the Israelites. However the actual events looked, it remains the case that the waters receded to the point that the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. This was not the first time Yahweh parted water, for he had done that at the beginning of creation too. In fact, as a reminder, here's what Genesis chapter 1 starting at verse 6 says. And God said, "Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters." And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day and God said let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear and it was so God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas and God saw that it was good since the beginning of the world God had been separating waters from for his creative purposes The waters and earth were separated so that life could be established on the newly created world. Here, the waters and earth were separated so that Israel's life could be created into something new. It could be remade for God's purpose. Going farther back than the Exodus, God used water to destroy and recreate a new world in the days of Noah. Noah and his family were saved through water. As an infant, Moses was also saved through water. Both of them were given new worlds to live in. Noah's was on the side of a mountain with his family. Moses was in the palace of Pharaoh growing up. This redemptive recreation remains true here as well. God is recreating a new people by opening the waters to the Israelites. They are moving from their old world in Egypt to a new world in the promised land, eventually, after a long hike. As they pass through the waters, they are baptized into a covenantal relationship with, as God's people. The Egyptians attempted to pursue them through the sea, but instead of dry ground, they were befuddled with soggy ground and mud in their chariot wheels, which made their pursuit impossible. In fact, not only can they not pursue Israel, they can't even turn back. They are stuck in the middle of the sea. It is ironic that the Egyptians recognize who is fighting for Israel. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them, against the Egyptians. Israel was afraid of the Egyptians, yet the Egyptians were afraid of Yahweh. The Egyptians seem to have a greater awareness of Yahweh's omnipotence at this point than the Israelites did. Despite their new awareness of the mighty hand of Yahweh, the Egyptians were met with not recreation, but de-creation, like the generation in Noah's time. The same waters that baptized Israel also baptized the Egyptians, not into the covenant family of God, but to their own demise. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. Like Noah's flood, the ones opposed to Yahweh and his people were destroyed in the water. The old world of the Egyptians was decreated, destroyed, as the new world of the Israelites was to be recreated. Israel witnessed the destruction of the Egyptians by the hand of Yahweh. Their rescue from the Egyptians and seeing once again the grace and power of God moved the Israelites to a healthy fear of the Lord. So the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. The fear that the Israelites had before crossing the Red Sea had changed from being afraid to being in awe respectful of God and his servant Moses. This awe was accompanied by a belief and faith in Yahweh. They responded as they should have done from the beginning. Yes, they failed at the start by fearing and complaining to the Lord about the Egyptians. This would not be their only failure going forward. But despite this failure in faith in God, But despite this failure in faith, God remained faithful to them as he had promised. By Yahweh remaining faithful to the Israelites, they were able to see his mighty works and grace and move from fear to faith, from blindness to seeing God's from blindness to seeing God's salvation. Israel made it To the other side by God's grace alone. They were saved by God's grace. They experienced sola gratia, grace alone, before it was one of the tenets of the Christian Reformation. They could not escape from Pharaoh on their own. And despite their disgruntled and fearful attitude, Yahweh still showed them grace by making a way for them. They could do nothing of themselves to save themselves, but Yahweh could and did. God had to do it all for them. So if someone says that the God in the Old Testament was not a God of grace, you can point them to this passage as proof to the contrary. We too have seen the salvation of the Lord. In the same way that Israel was saved by God's grace alone, we also have been saved by his grace alone. For we can do nothing in and of ourselves to save ourselves from sin and death. Only God could do that for us, and he has done it in the work and person of Jesus Christ. Yahweh took it upon himself to save Israel from their demise just as Jesus took it upon himself on the cross to save us from our demise. As Israel passed through the waters of the Red Sea, they were baptized into Moses. We have also passed through the waters at our baptism, but not in the footsteps of Moses, but into Jesus. Israel followed Moses through the parted waters. We have followed Jesus, the greater Moses, through the waters as well, but let us not neglect our baptism, as Israel shortly did at Mount Sinai and in the wilderness. For they had seen the salvation of the Lord and experienced His grace, yet they neglected their faith and quickly forgot what had been accomplished for them, when they could do when they could do nothing of their own accord. Let us not be that way, but let us remember. Fondly, the grace that God has provided for us in Christ Jesus. Should we neglect such a gift, the waters of baptism could turn to destruction like the Egyptians experienced, rather than a new creation. The Israelites and the Egyptians were baptized with the same water, but one nation was baptized into God and the other into destruction. Paul reiterates the importance of not neglecting one's baptism in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 where he writes, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Baptism doesn't guarantee faithfulness. That's Paul's point. Paul warns us Christians to remain faithful. Many Israelites rejected Yahweh later on, despite their deliverance and baptism at the Red Sea. It is possible to be baptized, and yet later reject Christ. That is why the apostles teach and preach ardently about remaining faithful to Jesus Christ. Since we have seen, tasted, and experienced Christ's salvation, let us hold fast to him. When we become fearful, and we will for various reasons, for we are not unlike the Israelites, let us remember whose we are, in whom we were baptized. Let us call upon the Lord, again, not as the Israelites did out of condescension and disgruntledness, but let us call upon the Lord in faith and hope, knowing and trusting that he will keep his promises. He was and remains a faithful God. We have already seen his salvation through Jesus. May we continue to see it forevermore. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious, merciful, heavenly Father, again we thank you for this day. And we thank you for your word and for the work of your people, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For our forefathers that transgressed the Red Sea, how you remained faithful to them when they were unfaithful to you, and how you, to this day, remain faithful to us when we are unfaithful to you. Father, help us in our weakness to continue to walk by faith. For we have seen your salvation. We have experienced and tasted your salvation. And may you make your salvation more real to us, each and every day through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name and by the Spirit we pray. Amen.